And hey, everybody, welcome to Squatch Talk. I'm Pat. How's everybody doing tonight? Thanks for being here. And uh, we're just going to jump right in, man. We got a great guest tonight. Um, uh, not only is he the only speaker to speak at Harvard and a Bigfoot conference, um, he's a former alumni of uh, North, North Carolina State University and now ad, uh, admin and uh, uh, academic there himself. Uh, please welcome to the show, uh, Darby Orcutt, man. What's up? Thanks for being here. How are you doing tonight? Thank you, Pat. Thank you. Um, I'm actually not an alum of NC State. I'm just on faculty there. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, uh, so... Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for being on the show tonight. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Bigfoot and science, uh, good topic, and uh, and you're again, you're academic. You're connected to academics. This isn't all just uh, stuff smothered in Bigfoot sauce. So let's talk Bigfoot and science, man. Where do you? Where would you like to start? Yeah, great. Well, uh, thank you again. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, look forward to the conversation. Um, I, you know, I am I am probably one of the few academics who thinks a lot about Bigfoot and science. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I actually teach a course at NC State University um, that that deals with questions of science, uh, society, and the paranormal. Um, and so I use uh, I use the investigation of strange things as a way of teaching how science works, uh, both how it works in its idealized form, but particularly how it works uh, culturally, um, how it how it functions in the real world. And so in my course, uh, we look at uh, Sasquatch investigation. Uh, we look at ghost hunting. Um, we look at uh, parapsychology and 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 various other uh, areas like that. All right, interesting. Um, so let's see. I'm uh, so right out of the gate. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw this out there and ask you this. Then, based based on some of what you just said, like, um, do you have an opinion? right now or even a likely opinion let's say a percentage likelihood opinion is what you think of sasquatches do you think flesh and blood undiscovered hominin or something into the paranormal well uh what i what i how i like to answer that question is to say that um i find the the question of what's going on um, this Sasquatch phenomenon, uh, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, I find that a question that is really fascinating. Uh, I'm very, very curious about it. Um, and I think it's a question that is worth serious, uh, intellectual and scientific investigation. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and not only do I, do I think that, but I actually putting my money where my mouth is and I'm, uh, looking into this. Um, and so, uh, that's a, you know, that's a, 
uh, that's a statement that itself is controversial in in sure. in, in, in academia mm -hmm. to a certain degree. Um, to at least be to at least be out in that way, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, because you know it's certainly there are a lot of taboos around the topic. Um, Bigfoot is culturally very much of a joke uh, in a lot of circles, especially intellectual circles. Um, it's it's seen as as pure mythology, couldn't possibly be true. Um, I I have had folks ask me, you know, why do you why do you even bother with this? Why do you teach a class that includes this? Um, because are you are you are you teaching students to believe things without evidence? And and my my simple response to that is is that there is potential evidence to examine. Um, now we can argue about how much evidence there is. We can argue about the quality of that evidence, but at the end of the day, um, there are certain things at the very least reports, but also certain trace evidence and, and potentially physical evidence um, that's never really been investigated, never really been, been looked at um, by those who are the experts. Uh, and so uh, that, to my mind, is something that science hasn't really looked at um, is, has got to be an open question. Um, so that's, yeah. that's where I stand. I, I find, um, I find a, a lot of these strange anomalous, uh, phenomena to be really interesting, um, especially the Sasquatch phenomenon, because it just, it doesn't go away and it's so big and there are so many reports mm -hmm. and, uh, it's, yeah, it's the biggest and they're all consistent. They're, they're, they're never purple. They don't have wings. I mean, like, it's all very consistent. They meet our definition of a primate, visually. Visually. Well, and, you know, I think that that's, that is the case. I mean, when I, when I first started out teaching my course, one of the subjects that I actually avoided for, for the first uh, couple of times I really haven't delved a whole lot into in, uh, in the past um, but I will be including uh, is the the UFO phenomenon or UAPs as they call them. Yeah, they're, they're uh, called UA, UAPs now. But yeah, yeah that's, that's cute. That's cute. Um, like and that. that's an interesting, you know. But part of why part of why I didn't incorporate in that that into my course at the beginning was because um, when someone says they saw a UFO or they saw a UAP, what is it that they saw? You know, was it a bright, shiny light? Was it a white light, a red light, a green light, a blue light? Was it a disc? Was it a cigar shape? Was it a tic-tac? You know, what, what, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, there, you know, in other words, there's, there's, there, there is, uh, not a lot of homogeneity to the reports, you know, so it's, it's I a agree. Little bit hard to, to, to start to grapple with that. It's way different. Uh, so I, I'll just like real quick address that. Like, it's way different to have anecdotal accounts of what people see in the sky that is uh, gonna gonna be pretty far away, you know, unless you're talking about like a really up close, you know, account. 
which are extremely rare. It's usually something they see in the sky at distance. And that's way different than, uh, you know, seeing an eight foot tall, four foot wide, naked, hairy monkey man thing out in the woods, which is, that's the consistency of the Bigfoot anecdote. Um, it's not seen at three miles away. It's not seen at, you know, even like 3,000 feet away. Um, so so UFO anecdote and Bigfoot anecdote, two totally different things. Perhaps. Yeah. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that I, I don't find the UAP accounts also very interesting. <laughs> but No, but I mean, I do. I, point, I, I do. I, 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 find, I find them interesting, Darby. So I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. All, all I'm saying is that the anecdote is two totally different, like, like potato, tomato kind of things going on there. Like, people can misinterpret what they see in the sky the majority of the time. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying there's, you know, there's nothing to it. All I'm saying is that people can look up in the sky and see a freaking airplane and think it's a UFO. It's pretty simple stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, but in fairness, people can misinterpret what they see in all kinds of kinds. Oh yeah, they can misinterpret it well. too. Yeah, part of what makes part of what makes uh, you know sorting and understanding sure. the anecdotal uh, evidence so so difficult. So while we're on the the Bigfoot and science sort of like lead in here, uh, I do have like a question already that I wanted to go ahead and throw out to you is that uh, does Dar does Darby confirm and follow Dr. Meldrum? So I guess basically, what's your opinion of of Dr. Meldrum? Yeah, um, I, you know, I would say that um, <sighs> I would say that yeah, he and I come from from very different places in terms of the type of of work that we do. I think that, uh, you know, one of the things that's great about Jeff Meldrum is that uh, he is certainly um, a, a really terrific person to be involved in looking at um, the trace evidence of footprints and footprint casts. Um, yeah. it, I mean, that's his area of specialization. He, he, uh, He's he's a specialist in the evolution of of bipedalism, uh, and so wow, I mean that's uh, you know who better really by uh, yeah. examining yeah. that trace evidence. So uh, you know, Jeff doesn't need me to confirm him on that, and that's not my area. So um, I you know so in, in you know in terms of in terms of in terms of that you know that's great, and you know. Uh, and we do, you know, he and I do correspond. We keep in touch. Um, uh, I think we we have, um, uh, like I say, we have different approaches. And I think the, the one of the things that's important to understand is that the the scope of my 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 interest and in, in my investigation is is a bit wider, um, and uh, in part because of of my background. How uh, Jeff is an anthrop a physical anthropologist and an anatomist. Um, uh, my work, uh, primarily over the last uh, twenty plus years, uh, I'm I'm on faculty at NC State University. Um, my primary position there is as a librarian, 
uh, but not what you think a librarian does. <laughs> uh, but I'm also a researcher. I'm also an instructor, professor. Um, and uh, one of the main things that I do um, is I, I sit at the hub of a lot of interdisciplinary research. In fact, a lot of what I do is help to put together and support teams of specialists, um, folks like Jeff, but in all kinds of different areas. Um, and my role is to, is to help build the team uh, of specialists in all of these different areas that can then address uh, really thorny research issues, real world questions, the types of things that can't be solved just using the tools of a single subject area or a single expert. Um, and so uh, I am, you know, I'm quite, quite used to, uh, in fact, I'm, I, I'm never, when it comes to a specific field, I'm never the smartest person in the room. I'm never the expert in that area. Um, but um, I usually have the, 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 the uh, breadth of knowledge to be able to bring these folks together and to help them uh, communicate uh, with one another. Um, so that's what I do. And so uh, Jeff Meldrum is, like I say, as a specialist in his area, fantastic. As somebody who, who you know, has been uh, working with the subject for, an, for a while, you know, he's got a pretty, pretty good knowledge of things. And so he's somebody that I respect. Um, not somebody I can say, oh, we, you know, we'd necessarily see eye to eye on everything. I think from my perspective, um, I look at the question of, you know, if, if Sasquatch is an undiscovered species, okay, if it is, then what is it? And for me, the, uh, the range of possibilities is extremely wide. Now, certainly, you know, can there, you know, you know, the idea that it, you know, this is a, um, this is a non-human primate. Yeah. I mean, that, that probably seems a pretty reasonable null hypothesis to hold uh, in terms of uh, the unknown species. But for me, uh, you know, the idea that this, this, uh, that this could range anywhere from like a type of bear, eh, probably unlikely, but I'm not going to say impossible uh, through, you know, whatever kind of non-human primate to perhaps on the other end, human. Um, and, uh, you know, until we have, um, until we have real physical evidence, until we have, you know, the genetic evidence or DNA, uh, mm. you know, uh, to my mind, it, you know, all of these things are on the table. And, and furthermore, I mean, I'll say that, you know, on the table are some options where Sasquatch is, is not an undiscovered species. That's not the explanation. Sure. And, and uh, contrary to popular belief, I'm open. I'm open minded to that. It's just that that's not a good starting point. <laughs> you don't. Like when you're dealing with something that's kind of unknown already, there's a void there. You don't dive deeper into the unknown to start. Like that—that's just my the way I do things, you know. Well, 
Yeah, and I think that 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 is something that's very true. You see, in the you know, this is one of the things that I struggle with in trying to uh, engage with 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 talking with folks who are interested in this subject about science uh, is that there are so many ideas of of what you know what Sasquatch is, what it does, what special abilities it might have. You know, uh, and, you know, certainly, um, you know, folks, folks talk about the woo, you know, there's cloaking and there's, you know, oh, the idea that Bigfoots are connected with with UFOs or aliens or what have you. Um, there are, you know, there are all of these, you know, really um, interesting ideas. Imaginative. Um, and... You know, and but but the, the the thing that's 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 difficult is so many of these ideas try to wrap themselves in the the language and the of science, but they're not scientific theories at all, and particularly Correct. they're not testable. Not um, you know, I mean, this is the thing: is that the you know the starting point, as you say, you have to you have to have a starting point. So the starting point would be. Let's 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 have a null hypothesis, or let's have a testable hypothesis that, hey, that that Sasquatch is uh, a an unknown biological species. Let's start there. Let's test that. Let's see if let's see if we uh, can find evidence that will uh, confirm or not. Yeah, because you really can't disprove that. <laughs> right. Um, but let's see if we can look for evidence that would confirm that. Uh, and so I think that's where, you know, and that's where I'm fitting in right now. I'm working uh, uh, on a project with, I've uh, recruited a couple of colleagues to collaborate with me who are um, really world-class genetics and genomics experts. Um, and we're going to be looking at, uh, very soon at uh, some of these alleged uh, physical samples, particularly hair samples, um, and trying to you know, get get DNA material from these things and see what we can find um, and and uh, be able to to hopefully be able to um, look at some of these things that haven't really been looked at, as I say, and start to see if we can't um, pin down, you know, what at least is going on with what's being presented as potential evidence. Yeah. And so that kind of, that brings up sort of the whole topic of evidence is, uh, you know, again, so from anecdote, we have a pretty consistent across the board, again, meets our definition of a primate. Uh, another good reason to start there, because, like, they look like primates, so therefore, uh, it's not it's not a bad assumption to make, you know, because uh, they look like primates, and you assume they're primates, then you can eventually get on top of them. You can predict. There's some predictable factors there. You know, if they come in and out of portals, eh, you can't predict damn thing, right? You know what I mean? So, 
So there's nothing predictable about portals. I don't know what a portal is, by the way. Um, again, testable definition. Uh, nobody can give me one. Uh, but so assume they're primates. And so we're looking for evidence. Now, so far, Darby, you know, we've got we have a lot of uh, trace evidence in the form of uh, footprints. And, and there's quite a bit. There's more than people know. And, and some of that has been vetted through a professional, again, foot morphologist, like pretty much world-class foot morphologist scientist, Dr. Meldrum. Um, he's, a, he's a big part of that footprint um, analysis and sort of vetting process. A lot of that's been vetted through him, and it can always be vetted through him. So trace evidence, footprints. We have the anecdote, which is uh, it's up there. Um, I say in the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people have anecdotal accounts to tell. And, you know, only a certain percentage of them have told them. It, it, there's no way we've reached 100 percent of anecdotal accounts. Right. As far as as far as documenting them. Like, yeah, no, I'm I'm certain that not a hundred percent of people's experiences in this arena have been reported and documented. Yeah, I say it's probably more like five to ten percent. Uh, and and that's just people willing to tell their story on air, even anonymously, like audio through audio, whatever, right? Um, or or in written form. Um, and so we we've got footprints, we have anecdote, um. Some of the hair stuff is promising, um, and and that's a, I'm I'm going to throw that in a different category for now. Um, other than that, we don't really have much because there's there's not been a lot of visual, uh, like captured visual uh, observation of a Bigfoot. Nothing conclusive. Uh, I'll say, you know, Patterson Gimlin film to me is very conclusive. But that could be that's subjective, like that's all. That's all over the place. So, where are we going with evidence from from here in 2022? Where where do we need to go with evidence? Uh, you still there? Can you freeze up? Uh, did I freeze up? Who froze up? I think maybe he froze up. I thought he was just listening. Yep, nope, he's out. Hey, what's up? All right, we're going to wait for Darby to come back because he will. Uh, all right, so where are we at? Uh, yep, Darby, Darby froze up. So what's up? Uh, you guys want to ask questions? I'm going to chat for a minute. Obviously, we got time. Uh, Darby, he did warn me that his internet was kind of spotty. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, the hell are you talking about, 3PO? Like, what, huh? What, huh? What? What? 
Not sure where that's coming from. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> no idea what he's talking about. Huh? Yeah, I know. Like, what? Huh? I don't get it. Um, uh, Dave, Dave Grives. Greaves. Uh, I don't know who that is. Kevin, if you, you want to hit me up and... Turn me on to who that is. I have no idea. But I'm interested. So hit me up. Let me know. Um, all right. Dave Groves. Gotcha. Dave Groves. All right. Cool. All right. Where'd you go, Darby? Let me text him. So, so what happened to the other guy? Wait, wait. Uh, he, um, he dropped off. Some internet problem. No big deal. We'll get him back. Uh, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Texted him. So. Yeah, I, uh, I talked to Shane. Uh, I invited him on the show. Uh, we're just... Uh, uh, it, uh, so he'll he'll come on the show when the when the timing is right. Hopefully in the next couple of few weeks, something like that. Yeah, but I did I did talk to Shane about being on the show. So, um, uh, all right. So, uh, Darby, our guest for tonight, is rebooting his router. So we got to give him time to do that. So until he comes back, we have time to chat chat um that's cool um Kevin says yeah so like uh yeah I'm gonna get um I definitely want to get uh Shane on the show um I think it'll be an interesting discussion uh might 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 would even bring a panel in for that whoever's up for it But do you have any evidence of that? Uh, Big Bigfoot thinks I smell. Do you have any evidence that our guest was abducted by a UFO? If you do, send it to me. Yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Point, uh, point Dave in my direction. I'd love to talk to him and uh, and you know get him on the show. Absolutely. And yes, the whole solar flare thing, right? So, 
Central brings up a good point. And thank you, by the way, for being here tonight, Central. And um, thank you. Like, I've got a lot of new subscribers to welcome. And and uh, so this this might be your, your first ever uh, Squatch Talk episode that you've ever seen. Um, I appreciate each and every one of you for being here. And uh, I hope you dig the show. Sorry about the technical problems tonight. Um, Darby's dealing with some internet issues. He'll likely be back. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate the new subs. Thanks for being here. And, uh, I hope you enjoy the show, man. We got a lot more of this kind of thing coming. Like, this is sort of what we do here. Um, oh, I'm gonna call. Uh, ignore. Um, this is... It's kind of what we do here. Uh, oh, all right, cool. Central, gotcha. You know, I should. I just now realized your uh, your name, so I'm going to bring Darby back here in a second. Uh, I just realized your name, Central Vermont. Porcupine re okay. Uh gotcha. Uh all right, so we're gonna bring Darby back in. I think he's all rebooted. <laughs> Apologize for that. That was uh an inopportune moment. It's okay. Um again, we're not we're not 60 minutes here. We're not CBS uh productions. Uh it's just YouTube, man. It's very casual, very open discussion, obviously. So so you're saying these five people who showed up and did makeup on me aren't with you? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so what did I miss? Have we solved them, the puzzle? Get, get <laughs> them out of your house right now. <laughs> um, you miss me uh, conversating with chat. That's it. Nothing, uh, nothing sexy. I promise you. Uh, somebody accused you of being abducted by a UFO. I pretty much shot that down. There was no evidence presented whatsoever. <laughs> um, well, I was gone. I guess that's scant evidence. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Honestly, I don't remember where we are at. I guess I, I kind of went on a diatribe because you were frozen up and I didn't realize it. I thought oh, okay. you were just, I thought you were really paying attention to what I was saying. Oh, okay. And so I went with it. <laughs> uh, but well, let me, let me back up actually, because I know we were talking about some of the, um, some of the strange ideas of what Bigfoot could be. And, uh, you know, as I said before, I, I, I draw a very wide range of possibilities here. And so, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm interested, you know, in certainly in starting uh, with <laughs> uh, starting with, you know, what's a, what's what's something that we can test against. And that's that's right. what you're we talking about. I do think, however, it's really important to uh, to listen to uh, the full range of reports that people give and so if people are you know people are talking about 
uh, mind speak or people are talking about cloaking or people are, you know, what I like to do is I like to listen to those stories and I like to, you know, not, not just rule them out, but I, I like to, to try to, um, uh, listen for what, what are observations or potential observations or what's the experience, uh, that's, that's going on in that situation. Um, and try to separate that from people's um, construction of, of sort of higher order theories of what might be going on. So if somebody says, hey, there was a Bigfoot out in the woods and suddenly it disappeared, there's no reason not to accept that that, that, that was their experience. Now, you know, the idea that, you know, suddenly it cloaked. Well, we don't know that cloaking is a thing. We don't, you know, I mean, uh, that's a, that's an interpretation of the experience. And I think, you know, similarly, I think that uh, what I find is, you know, some folks, many folks have, uh, they're wed to a certain idea of what a Sasquatch is. And so it's hard for them to, to even listen to folks who have, other ideas and that's really that itself is not scientific i don't yeah i don't i don't even describe it as ideas uh i i it's belief systems uh they they fall into a belief system in in my opinion and and once you lock yourself into a belief system it's hard to get you out of it like you know uh it is it is but i mean i i find though that uh, you know for for my from my point of view, I, I think that in looking at these things, I think that it is, um, it's hard to use the word belief uh, in a way that's actually really meaningful uh, in terms of understanding what's going on there. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not arguing with you conceptually. I just, I don't think that that, I don't think that that word is a good one to use um, because um Definitely. I mean, there are examples where, uh, you know, belief systems, you know, true belief systems are coming in, into play. Uh, there are certainly, I've heard a number of different uh, theologies, if you will, of how, how Bigfoot fits ne- into ne- uh, people's Nephilim. religious views. Biggest. Yeah. Nephilim's yeah. the biggest one. Nephilim or, or what have you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, that, okay, that, you know, if, if you want to talk about belief in that sense, but I mean, the, the thing is, is that uh, everybody has a different, you know, a different sense of things and a different tolerance for not knowing <laughs> what, what something is. And so, you know, I, I've, you know, when I, when I was saying at the beginning that, you know, I, I consider the, you know, you, you know, if Sasquatch proves to be an unknown, uh, a previously unknown species, you know, you know, the range that I have for what that species could be is very large. It includes human. Uh, some some folks don't like it when I say that because they're yeah. they're dead set that this is a non-human primate. I saw one. I know what I saw. Uh, sure. You know, and, and and again, this isn't that is an interpretation. I mean, what what people saw, if they can describe what they saw. That's what they saw. If it looked like something, well, then it looked like that. It, it that doesn't necessarily say this is what it was. Sure, 
and and that doesn't mean it can't be a, a some kind of other branch of you know homo hybrid goddess or whatever like you know like all kinds of different um close cousins we used to have neanderthal being one of them right um and, and human like uh, might when, when you when you throw the word human out there they just think pe people like oh <laughs> like somebody i see walking down the street you know next to me uh like that's not what these things are and they aren't like, we don't know much, that i mean we don't know that they're much um, bigger well they're a lot bigger they they, they the <laughs> the physicality of them the fact they don't wear clothes and 30 degree temperatures dude we would you and i would die of hypothermia i i hear you i hear you and i'm not saying i'm not arguing that yes indeed they act absolutely are human but i'm saying it's it's premature to rule that out and the reason i say that is there are certainly different populations of humans who have different different traits different uh you know that look different there's a lot um, of diversity in there's, there's a wide diversity and mm -hmm. you know particularly you know and 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 even still i mean you can even you know uh, not don't don't do it right now but you can even look on youtube and you can find interviews with uh there's a there's a there's a, a man interviewed who has that uh, condition where hair grows all over his body, all over his face. He he looks like Chewbacca. Right. And, oh, yeah. Totally. And, and yet he's he's homo sapiens sapiens, just like we are. And so uh, you you can't you know, you, you know, somebody who says they can see something, especially see something for five seconds and then tell you. You know exactly what it you know see an unknown and tell you exactly what it has to be uh you know that that's that's not possible so until we until we have until we have uh the genetic information that's that's got to be on the table as well yeah um i i mean i agree um it's just i i think that the making that statement it it's like you'll get a knee-jerk reaction out of people when you oh i know when you say I the know. word human you know <laughs> i yeah that that's all like I, I i mean i hate the nomenclature thing just as much as anybody else because <clears throat> we don't have anything to name it um that's not like you know colloquial you know it's like yeah, <laughs> no, we call it we call it Bigfoot, <laughs> Bigfoot. You know that, that's really stupid name, and even Sasquatch is getting old. Uh, but uh, but yeah, until in, until we know, until we have one to observe for a very long period of time, or uh, or what you know, whatever. Grandma runs over one tomorrow, right? <laughs> and drags one into town i mean then we we don't know nothing you know without a blood sample basically well you know with without you know without a uh without sequenced dna yeah i mean i think Probably. that's the that's the thing and it, it you know and i mean depending on um you know i think that that's that's you know the idea that you know science needs a body is a really 
19th century idea. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, a body in and of itself isn't what would what would uh, what would be convincing. It's 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 going to be uh, it's going to be genetic data. Uh, that's really that's that's how we define species at this day in this day and age. Um, if you go back to the late 19th century um, and you look at the um, the eventual acceptance of uh, another strange creature, the duck-billed platypus, um, it didn't take one body; it took several. Uh, to convince scientists that this wasn't somehow cobbled together, hoaxed. Um, you know, the idea of a mammal that lays eggs and has a duck bill and webbed feet, and that, that, it boggled the mind of, uh, of, science, of Victorian scientists. And so um, <clears throat> you know, I, a, a, you know, a body is a body. Um, now, I'm not saying that a body wouldn't be very useful because you can then get that information from it. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, but, it would be the biggest headline on TV that. Oh, oh day there's no doubt. There's week. no doubt. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even, you know, even if, even if, a, even if, as you say, if, uh, if, if Granny ran over a Sasquatch tomorrow and we suddenly had a body, um, then. Uh, that wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't just be, oh, there's the body. It would be, no, now we need to figure out what this is. Like what it is. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there'd still be speculation. Is this a type of person? Is this an escaped, uh, escaped from a zoo? Is this what, is, you know, what's going on here? Um, so, you know, that, that would be the, the, the start of the questions, not the ending of them. Um, and so that's, you know, but that's where, that's why, um, I really see it as important to start with, um, at this point, with really uh, seeking uh, to do genetic analysis of uh, alleged physical samples, uh, because that's what's going to um, that's what's going to be convincing uh, to scientists. That's what's going to. Um, that's what's going to make this a, a, a topic of of true scientific investigation instead of fringe curiosity. Sure. Um, but to that, I ask this, um, basically, how do you do that? How do you get the genetics of one of these things into a lab? How do you get it from their body into a lab and, Obviously, you can't just walk up to a Sasquatch and go, hey, bud, I got to take some blood. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you did, you'd be holding your cell phone in front of its freaking face the whole time. Like, you, you get best, best of both worlds, right? Like, if you could do that. So, I, I think hair would be the, the, the best thing we got going for us right now. How much Bigfoot hair code? Well, I, you know, like I say, I think at, at this point, it's a matter of, um, I mean, this is exactly what we're going to be doing is, is, uh, is, is, is uh, having folks offering to us um, samples that 
they find compelling for whatever reason that they've collected. Um, we're going to be, um, uh, of course, you know, we'll have to do some prioritization in there. And, and, you know, I think one of the differences, there's only been one uh, peer reviewed study of that, that, that tried to look at the possibility of Sasquatch and that's the, uh, the Brian Sykes study published um yeah okay um and the one thing that he made a tv show out of yeah they made a tv show out of it Um, but again it remains the it remains you know their their work remains the the only um uh, published peer-reviewed um work related to this this topic and uh what they didn't do uh with that study was they didn't actually look at what we call the morphology or the appearance of the hair samples that they tested. So in other words, they took the the story, they took the hair. um, Nobody screened it first. Um, And that's the thing is that most, uh, most, if not all of the samples, and it was just a very few samples that they, they looked at. um, But they didn't, they didn't do that first pass where they could have, probably put these things on our microscope and said, oh yeah, that one's black bear. Oh yeah, that one's raccoon. Yeah, that one's this, that one's that. Right, right. Um, and 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 that's something that um you know we're we're not going to rush to be doing genetic testing of of samples that that very clearly are of you know known species. Under um, a microscope. We're really interested in looking at things that are so I say morphologically anomalous. So in other words, that look strange, that look different, that look weird, uh, that don't fit, <laughs> you know, right. with, with what we, you know, what we look at it and say, oh, yeah, that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are uh, purportedly uh, a number of these samples that uh, fit that description. Um, uh, uh, we haven't looked at any yet. We're still in our we're still in our initial, you know. We're, we're finishing up our paperwork phase, which you, you know, when you're with a, with a, when you're with a university doing a research project, there's a lot of paperwork that precedes it because um, we want, you know, we, we universities make sure that we do these things ethically, um, that we, that we treat people well, um, that when we ask for samples, we're being very clear with people about um, what we'll be doing, uh, how we'll be doing it, what will be the impact on their sample, um, what sort of uh, acknowledgement or anonymity they may want in providing a, a sample. The fact that we'll, you know, if, if somebody, uh, and, you know, like you can understand, uh, if somebody has, has an encounter and finds a sample in, in their front yard, okay, they, they, they wouldn't want us for good reason, putting the GPS coordinates in the, in the study <laughs> because right. who's show up in their front yard and start looking for Sasquatch, you know? Right. Um, so, you know, but, but we need to know, you know, where was this found? Um, so, you know, being able to assure people that yes, we can keep this information confidential. Um, and, also that we will um, we will let them know what the results of, of analysis of their sample is. 
um, because I think that that's 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 something you know that um, there's nothing worse than you know especially if you've got a sample that's precious to you there's nothing worse than you know sending it off somewhere and they say oh it disappeared or we don't know or oh yeah we studied it and it was nothing interesting but we don't actually have a report for you <laughs> I mean that's you know that that's that's just not fair and so. Uh, we want to be, you know, very trustworthy and above board in terms of that. And you know, sure. being a public university, um, that is absolutely. In fact, my my colleagues, I was very gratified because my colleagues from the very start were like, you know, these are precious samples that people are sharing with us. They're precious to them, if nothing else. Um, and so we want to take really good care of these things. Now, some analyses may, you know, and again, this 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 will all be part of that process some analyses you know something is really interesting some analyses may consume the sample or may destroy the sample or part of it well that's something that if we're going to do that we want to be upfront with people and we want to make sure that they understand and that they're consenting to that um so like i say there's a lot of paperwork involved <laughs> um but it's 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 for good because um, and I think that's part of why there haven't been, um, you know, I, you, you don't see these sorts of studies done, um, because it's a, it's a, it's a big undertaking, uh, even to, mm -hmm. get, even to get it set up. And so, um, it's very exciting to me that we're, you know, we're going to be doing this work soon. Um, and it'll be especially exciting to me if we find something extremely interesting. Now, a couple of things about that, which, uh, which does like sort of touch back to the whole Brian Seitz thing is, uh, God, uh, I mean, number one, uh, when you're looking at hair, there's zero guarantee that, that you can extract DNA out of it. It's a, Correct. It's Correct. its own special circumstance, whether the DNA is, is available to to pull out or not. Um, yeah, although we've gotten, you know, the, the, the scientific techniques for extracting DNA from hair samples have, have gotten much, much better in true. recent years. And so the odds of being able to pull uh, genetic information out of that are much higher than they've been in the past, even when, you know, certainly higher than... Uh, however many years ago, six or eight years ago, when when the psych study was ongoing, right? Um, so there is that going for us, um, and you know, the, but the the rule of thumb is always that uh, you know, with hair. Oh, hello to your assistant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but with hair, it, it, with just about any sample, the more of it and the fresher it is, the better. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned blood before. Yes, if we could get blood, fantastic. Um, if we could get bone, fantastic. <laughs> if we could get, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, right down to if we could get a full body. Yes, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you you have to work with you, you have to work with what's available. And so, um, and so, what I'm really hoping is is that the folks who have you know potentially the very best um, uh, physical samples, um, will feel comfortable with, with, with everything and bringing them forward. 
and really be interested in 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 getting them tested. I, part of why part of why I embarked on this was because for for several years, at a number of um, of amateur investigators who were finding samples, finding things, and they wanted they were asking me, well, where what what lab should I send this to to get this tested or you know, should I pay this commercial lab, you know, $500 to, 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 to do this? And, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, what, what I, what I realized very quickly um, and, and people sent me some of the lab reports that they got back, you know, they were like, help, help me interpret what they're saying here. And, you know, unfortunately what I found was is that uh really none of the labs uh, or at least you know the overwhelming majority of them um, were really not doing great analysis um, these are labs these are commercial labs that'll gladly take your money um, yeah. and what they will do is that they will they will sequence what they get and they'll uh, put it beside their library or their database of, of sequences. And they'll figure out what it's closest to. And that's it. There's the answer. There's there's nothing in their Uh, heads to go any further. It's not. Okay, so it's either a deer or it's a person. That's it. Like, or whatever, right? So, oh, it's, it's not a deer. It's a person. Yeah. Or, or they might say, we don't know what it is. Um, which or they don't know, yeah, you know, which I don't know in that sense. I mean, you know, and the, the thing is, is that, um, those types of results, um, those types of results are usually, you know, they're either a sign of uh, one or both of two things. Um, one of those is eh, not real serious work <laughs> of analysis, right. and the other is a degraded sample. Uh, and, you know, and especially if you put those two things together, um, it's, it's, it's really difficult to get good yeah. results. Um, and I, okay. you know, I think this is part of, you know, there are a lot of misunderstandings that folks have about, about science, really about scientists and how they work. And we talked before about, um, scientists being specialists in different areas, um, which is, an important thing. I think people forget about that. They're used to, um, you know, and I blame movies and television, you know, because we have this BSI, idea. BSI, uh, come on. Well, we have this idea of the scientist as like this individual who knows science, like all of science and right. can do like almost like work magic, you know, this lone scientist. Who, and that's not the way science works. Uh, right. You don't have... Tony Stark in a cave uh, building, you know, Iron Man armor in the real world because, you know, well, that's a project that requires hundreds, if not thousands of collaborators to actually put it together. Um, And so, um, you know, that's, 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 that's important. Um, But also, um, as I say, you know, folks don't understand, I think a lot of times that, there's a huge gulf of difference between a research scientist, of which there are really very few, um, versus a, a, a practicing scientist. And so, 
um, or or a, a, an applied scientist. And yeah. so the folks working in these labs, these are not researchers. These are, in essence, technicians. These are the folks who, you know, they take your sample, they do their tests, they compare it against what they got. And, you know, 99.99% of the time, they can tell you exactly what it is because they're good at what they do and it's something normal. But when it's something that might be different, it might be outside that norm, or it's something strange, um, that's where you really need a research scientist. Sure. Those are the folks who, by and large, are connected with universities. Um, those are the folks who are pushing forward on the frontiers, at the edges of science, not to just make you know, make, make a better, make, make a better widget or make a better process for, for doing this or that, but yeah. we're really challenging our ideas of how the universe works and the things in it and really looking at things that are truly unknown. Um, sure. And research scientists, again, with the exception of the, of the psych study, there's not been a single research scientist who's really paid any real attention uh, to this potential physical evidence. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Um, which brings up my second and third point, which we kind of just touched on my third point, but second point would be uh, Joe Schmoe's collecting the evidence, Darby. Um so we have everything from sophisticated ways of collecting evidence that like uh, a person like Jeff, Jeff Harding could, could lay out and say, well, you know, I, I went through this complicated, long process way of collecting what I thought in the end had to be, you know, like likely Bigfoot hairs or just Joe Schmo weren't running up on a barbed wire fence going, hey, man, look what I got. This, this right here, Bigfoot hair. I'm sending it to that Darby guy I saw on TV the other day. So, so you have everything in between, you know. So, uh, you did kind of touch on that with uh, microscopic, uh, like looking under microscope can sort of start ruling things out real quick. But at the end of the day, what I'm throwing on you, Darby, is hey. You got a couple hundred Bigfoot researchers out there. Any freaking hair they find, they're going to think it's a Bigfoot hair and they're going to send it to you. I mean, it costs money to uh, sequence hairs. So so how do you deal with the uh, citizen science aspect of this? Shouldn't these hairs be collected by professionals in the first place? Well, you know, I, I mean... Ideally, they would be collected by, you know, you know, either professionals or by, yeah, citizen scientists who are following the proper protocols or the proper uh, ways of collecting evidence. Um, and that's something that we will, as, as we move on, um, we plan to uh, get some more information out there um, about you know, how to collect these things, how to, how to store them. We're going to be asking folks on the intake form when folks 
propose something to us, we're going to be asking, you know, how, how was this collected? How has this been stored? These sorts of questions. Um, because, you know, there are certain, you know, if you have, if you collected it with your bare hands, uh, sealed it in a Ziploc bag, and it's been sitting out in your front yard baking in the sun for three years, it's probably not worth testing. <laughs> uh, if you collected it with sterile, with gloves, sterile instruments, you put it in a an acid-free paper envelope, and you've stored it in the in the freezer. Uh, you know, then that's you know that's that's a much better <laughs> protocol for for collecting and 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 storing uh, hair samples. Uh, you know, I mean. But at the same time, you know, I think that there are a lot of folks in the uh, in the amateur Sasquatch uh, community who have a pretty good idea of, you know, have, have some pretty good protocols for how to collect these things. Um, I think I saw that yeah, it's uh, coming around. People are few, learning. Yeah. A few months ago, uh, you had Mike Ann. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah. Mike, uh, somebody I know and, and uh, someone who has spent what most of his career as a, as a, a forensic investigator of his professional career, uh, he's brought that knowledge uh, to, uh, to this community. And, and quite frankly, I mean, the, the protocols that Mike recommends, they look, pretty great from a scientific standpoint so uh you know if you if you if you lean into uh if you lean into uh even the uh, like say even the um you know i mean mike's mike's not a scientist mike's not gonna do genetic studies uh but gosh he can he can give you a pretty good idea of how to how to collect evidence in the in the field? How to store it in such a way that uh, you know uh, folks like we can can work with it uh, quite yes. well. Yes, and that's I I really want to touch on that point because um, if you could still hear me, mm-hmm. okay, because uh, I hear all the time in the Bigfoot world, it's. Uh, in the Bigfoot community, it's this, we all got to work together. And what you just said is the real, we have to work together part. It's not, we all have to work together. I don't have to have, I'm not working with Matthew Johnson. I'm not working with this guy. I'm not working. I don't with even that know who guy. that is. <laughs> he's kind of a, he, he, he's kind of a cult leader. Some people will get it. Like, so I'm not working with kooks, man. I'm working with people that are professionals. And, and, and I've been preaching this for a year. We need more professionals in the Bigfoot world. But they're tentative to step their, step into it because of the taboo of it and because of the kookiness that happens online. It's this, this huge situation. No, we don't all have to work together. The right people have to work together. And and those are the connections that need to be made. Like you're talking Mike Ann, he can't do a genetic study, but he he can damn collect it the proper way. And so now you're connecting dots that actually work together. 
to where it falls in your lap and falls in somebody else's lap and finally gets uh, properly studied. And then, hey, you never know. Maybe there's a piece of paper that's got some great information on it that's that's game-changing at a, at a conference somewhere. And then from there, the media, blah, 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 right? Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I'm going to actually just slightly change what you said, just slightly change one word. I, I don't think it's necessarily just that, you know, you need more professionals uh, in the Bigfoot community. It's just more professionalism. Um, and I, I think that's that's the key because, uh, you know, I, I am a I, I, so one of my one of my professional affiliations as faculty is I'm a member of the Citizen Science Association. Um, I have I've I've given a talk at the Citizen Science Association about uh, working with uh, amateur Sasquatch investigators um, and the potential that's there. Um, I I truly believe that there's a potential not only to um, not only to investigate the the possibility of Sasquatch, um, but also to learn an awful lot about uh the woods what goes on there the places mm -hmm. where people are out investigating um you know i i try to one of the things that i i've been trying to do over the years uh COVID unfortunately put a damper on it but uh is to get out uh to get out into the woods and and watch uh amateur investigators shadow them see what it is that they're doing um and and uh and many of them have turned around and said, well, how could I be doing this better? <laughs> um, but, you know, right. but for me, it's, it's interesting to watch. And, you know, one of the things that's very interesting is, is that some of the very best um, investigators are folks who are really curious about other things as well. Um, folks who are um, looking at, um, you know, they're not just out there looking for, Sasquatch, but they're looking for evidence of other other species, known species, um, species that may be out of their range, um, things like that. Um, I, you know, there was uh, one investigator I was out with who was spending as much time or more time, perhaps, uh, taking pictures of, of mushrooms and documenting all the various species of mushrooms in his research mm. area. Um, that's you know, fascinating work. And he was actually hooked in with a citizen science project. I can't remember what university it was running out of where, you know, they were trying to inventory what mushrooms grow where. And so he was doing that work at the same time as, mm. as, as looking for Bigfoot. Um, and so, you know, I think that there are a lot, you know, and I'm looking, I'm, I've actually got a, a, a kind of a larger scale citizen science project that I'm just in the stages of starting to think about now that um, I think could be really, really interesting. Um, but again, it's just, it's a matter of, uh, you know, I think, I think the, uh, the hard part about it is, is that the folks who really are making progress uh, in this community in terms of collecting anything, uh, whether it's good data, whether it's uh, whether it's it's good potential evidence um, for for folks to be able to look at, uh, they are folks who are doing this very methodically, very carefully, very professionally, 
even if they're not professionals. Um, and quite frankly, many of them who are doing that are doing it almost, you know, almost completely under the radar. Um, uh, they're not, you know, I, I think that, that's the, that's the, the other thing that's interesting is that there's, there's a, um, there's a lot of showmanship, right. <laughs> in, if you will. Yeah, you, and there's a lot of, you know, there are yeah. a lot of folks who seem right. more interested in celebrity status than in actual, than actually having curiosity about this. And, you know, well, that, you know, to each their own. Um, but, you know, if you're really interested in the science, if you're really interested in discovery, if you're really interested, you know, if you're really curious about what's going on here, um, then that's a, that's a great reason to, uh, you know, to get involved with, you know, get involved with actual, you know, science, scientific techniques, um, and, and go from there. Sure. And so you, you're basically saying that, um, that there's at least a handful of people that do out in the woods, uh, practice science out in the woods for further discovery in a way that's not sensational. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you know, I mean, a lot of them will say, you know, they're not practicing science, but they're they're practicing uh, in such a way that's consistent with science. I mean, and that's that's part of why I thought, you know, gee, it would be really nice to do this genetic analysis because there are a number of folks who are very seriously collecting um, alleged samples. And yeah, I agree. Well, like I say, haven't known where to send it. Where do you, I thought, you know, I mean, yeah. doing what I do, I'm like, well, I can fix that problem. I can, I can get this stuff looked at by folks who really know what they're doing. Um, and that, you know, I, I hope that that's a, a shot in the arm to the folks who are doing that good work out there and, and, you know, truly investigating this. Sure. Fair enough. Um, so I, um, I had a question earlier and I did want to pick your brain about it and spend just a little bit of time on it. Not a lot. Um, but I'm going to pose it to you and I'm kind of going to let you run with it for a minute. Um, basically, the question is this. What do you think of the Patterson-Gimlin film? So kind of give me, give me, <laughs> give the audience your take of the Patterson-Gimlin film, sort of beginning to end, all-encompassing, everything that Darby thinks about it. Uh, and, uh, and I'm just going to let you run with that for a minute. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I can, I can, I can tell you what I think about it in a minute, which is that, uh, you know, I don't think about it that much. Um, you know, I think that, uh, there are, um, there's the, the, the film itself, which is you know, very interesting. Um, there are a lot of, there are a lot of historical details and accounts and things around it. Um, I think there, I, I don't, I don't fault anyone for their opinion of whether it, you know, it seems real or it seems 
like a hoax or whatever, because, wow, I mean, there is a lot of, uh, there are a lot of contradictory um, claims and a lot of contradictory um, pieces of evidence around it. Um, uh, I think that there's a misconception uh, among folks and among both uh, people who are proponents of, of Sasquatch and people who uh, say, oh, there's no way there can be a Sasquatch. Uh, I think there's a misconception that somehow this all hinges on the Patterson-Gimlin film and its veracity. Um, and that's absolutely not the case. As far as, uh, as, far as evidence goes, yeah, I, it, it, it really wouldn't, you know, if it, if it came out tomorrow uh, that the film were absolutely authentic somehow, or if it came out that it was absolutely hoaxed, it wouldn't really change my opinion of this, of, of this topic. Um, I know that there are a lot of people who've spent a lot, a lot more time than I have for sure. <laughs> uh, years more than I have really digging into that, that footage. Um, you know, and, you know, quite frankly, I mean, I think that's at the end of the day, I mean, I, I just don't know. And, but I don't think that the, the question, um, I I don't think the question of whether or not that that footage is authentic is the the linchpin of uh, the argument as to why the Sasquatch hypothesis is there. Sure, and I, I agree. I agree with that. It, it's not the linchpin. Um, like you were breaking up there just a little bit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Okay, no, 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 I'm just letting you know. I'm, I'm trying to, so check, check, one, two, check, check. I got you back, yeah? Yes, yes. I'm okay, here. cool, awesome. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It's not the linchpin. It doesn't make or break the phenomena. Um, I, I guess it could be, it could be made to make it. Uh, if somehow it were authenticated, I'm not sure how to do that. Nobody's been able to replicate it. So that's kind of important in, uh, what, 53 years, I guess now? 55 years? Mm, 67, 2022, 55 years. Um, nobody's able, been able to replicate it. Not even close. Like, not even close. Um, I know that what I'm looking at in that film is a Sasquatch. Like, that's my personal opinion. Like, there's no doubt about it. It has the size. It has the shape. It, it's it got, you know, breasts down to here. Giant, huge, pendulous breasts. There, I snuck it in. Snuck it in. Snuck in that word today. Um, uh, it's a Sasquatch. It ain't a dude in a suit. Um, seven, seven foot four, you know. I don't know, six, seven hundred pounds. No doubt about it to me. But I agree with you is that even if it were debunked tomorrow, uh, that doesn't make the phenomena go away because that's not what the, it doesn't represent the phenomena either yeah. way. I mean, I think it represents it visually for most people. And it's I do the think the best that, visual evidence we have of them, that's for sure. Uh, 
Yeah. And like I say, I mean, I, I don't I don't fault anybody. <laughs> you know, I mean, if folks find it highly compelling, I, I can understand why. Um, if yeah. folks find the the story around it uh, unbelievable, I can't fault them for that either. Sure. Uh, I so, mean, that could, that, that, that could easily that could turn into a debate. Which is, it could, and, that, I, and I think that's a debate worth having between the the right people. Yeah, uh, and I'm not the right person for that. And I, and you know, like I say, I'm not, yeah. I'm not especially no. interested in that because you know, if I thought that there was something, you know, if I thought that there was something more we could do by analyzing that film, uh, if I thought that there was something that could bring us further along, I'd be all for it. But at this point, it's been you know over 50 years. I, you know, I, you know, that, that film is, is either genuine or it's not. Um, and, you know, that, I don't think that that's the, the path forward for answering the larger, I, the larger question. And I agree with that. I mean, there, there is a, there's a thought that we, it should be analyzed more. Uh, and I, I'm at the point I'm like, no, it's been stabilized and sort of, it's been stabilized and, sort of high deft up to its point where everything after that is manipulation. You know, so once you start manipulating the film, then the critics will, the, all they'll ever do, the skeptics and critics will just go, well, you're manipulating the film. You know, yeah. like uh, you can't do that because they have a valid point. <laughs> it's like you can't manipulate the film, <laughs> you know. Past where past stabilization and in, in like understandable things, right? So, so yeah, I I I agree with you, Darby. It's uh, I mean, it's been fifty five years, man. It it hasn't like changed humanity. It hasn't flipped humanity on its on its on its head and and accepted these things as being out there. Um. So what can we do? Um, where's evidence heading? Uh, what more can we do with tracks? What more can we do? Like, obviously, we talked about DNA and where that could go, you know. So, um, uh, so that's that's kind of obvious, right? But, but what what more can be done? Anything? Well, I'm focused on the DNA right now because sure. that, uh, that to me is the uh, the easiest path towards really establishing that there's a there's a there there. <laughs> sure. um, you know it. You know it's it's funny because you know people have always said, "Oh yeah, you need a body." You, know, you don't need a body. Um, and honestly, uh, if I don't care how much you know how many samples we look at, if we if we were to find even a you know, I've, I've said before, even as few as um, three samples, you know, you know, three samples from different parts of North America that were, um, uh, that the sequences matched one another and didn't match anything else, mm. you know. And, you know, if we had that, and we'd also know from the sequences themselves, more or less where that would fit into the phylogenetic tree, that would that would be all but or essentially proof of species right there if that were right. a result 
Um, and that would be enough, and you know, and that would completely change uh, the dynamics. I mean, at that point, uh, at that point, I, you know, I'm, I, I'm, you know, calling up folks that I know at the National Science Foundation and saying, "Yeah, okay, here, giving you something to justify spending money." Well, <laughs> you, know, you know what? That, 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 was that kind of result would bring yes. money. It would bring attention. It would. It would. It would make that was gonna. Area. That was gonna be my next question to you, Darby. Uh, is that so? What's let's just say. Um, let, let's come up with a hypothetical that that we. Oh, think that's a hypothetical it, right there. No, yeah. yeah. Let's <laughs> let no, no 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 let's 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 come up with that that hypothetical that's interesting, right? So yeah. some some kind of branch, close cousin. Uh, you know, like, so something kind of like ground shaking, game changing kind yeah, of result, that would be absolutely right? Game changing. As and, I told my colleagues from the start, I said, Hey, you know, I mean, every, every, uh, everybody in the biological sciences wants to be published in nature. It's the top journal in the world. Uh, say, you know, we get those results. We're guaranteed a publication in nature. <laughs> right. So what's the next step? Just just so the audience understands kind of how this works, what's the next best step? Is it that it goes straight into peer review or do you go straight to the media? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I you know, I think I, I absolutely peer review. Um, so it goes, it goes into a scientific journal that no one in this audience could, that would even have access to. Well, like I say, it would go into nature, but, um, uh, you know, I think that uh, a couple of things would happen. I mean, one, the, you know, the, the article, you know, the article itself would, would, yes, go into the journal. Um, uh, nature is a fairly accessible journal, so they do make a lot of their articles available to the public and they might you know, given the demand of something like that, you, they, yeah. you might find, they might, yeah. uh, so, some, they might some, that. some, but yeah, at some the very least stuff is, yeah. is accessible. Some is not. Most yeah. Stuff. But I mean, the other thing is, is that, uh, you know, the, the, the scientific study is not necessarily what, you know, most people in the community or most people in the world want to read. Um, there are probably yeah. very few I, people who'd be like, capable of, of, of reading it in the way that most of us would read a newspaper. And it's so, quite boring um, and usually way above your head. Yes. Believe me, if we get yeah. that result, we're sure. going to um, we're going to be writing uh, accessible versions of that. Mm -hmm. uh, Breakdowns. Every journalist in yeah. the world will be trying to interview us at that point. <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it, it'll be, you know, I mean, you know, again, it's 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 going to be big news, at least in that moment. And uh, and would you I mean, uh, take it to, to science, you know, sci uh, science conferences, uh, you know, academic conferences and, and do presentations, laying all that out for academics and scientists? Well, like, yeah, I mean, that's, that, I mean, that's the, that's the process that we use in, in, in communicating with the scientific community. Um, uh, that's part of the process that we use. Yeah. Uh, but scientists, you know, scientists also read 
the New York Times. They read, you know, Time Magazine. Uh, you know, uh, so you know, and and certainly scientists read Nature. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So I mean, there are all kinds of ways that um, there are all kinds of ways that you know, you know that that kind of a result would end up being communicated. Um, and quite frankly, I mean, uh, the, the interest that would be really interesting to figure out, um, uh, you know, I have thoughts to that, sure. Um, but it'd be very interesting to see what those next steps would be, because I do think that, um, uh, there are likely a number of scientists who, uh, have thought about this. I know, I know a lot of scientists who, um, that I know personally who, you know, if, you know, like, yeah, I mean, if, for example, somebody sent us a body, I know a lot of people who are specialists in this, this aspect or that aspect, who would be, uh, all over that, but who don't know how to study it when it's, you know, there's nothing to study. Um, sure. So, for example, I have a, 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 a real good friend and uh, colleague um, at another university who is uh, a bone specialist. I mean, <laughs> knows absolutely everything about, you know, analyzing bones and, 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 and teeth and, the, you know, those those uh, parts of, of anybody. Um, and, you know, if, you know, and is not attached to this study now, but has told me, you know, hey, if you get something, if somebody sends you <laughs> what looks to be a, a Sasquatch tooth, I'm in. <laughs> you know? sure. Because then there's yeah. something that, that, that she can look at and, 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 mm -hmm. and, and actually work with. And well, I, you know, like I say there are a lot of, I think there are a lot of scientists who are probably curious about this, but, without having something to uh, uh, to actually look at uh, and without, sure. you know. I, I, with the body, the, the, I think the first, the very most important, first thing that would have to happen is verification. So you would need, oh, absolutely. You need somebody yeah. there that goes, uh, this is real. This isn't, this isn't a suit. It's not a hoax. Like what I'm looking at, right. what I'm oh, touching, yeah. you know, and of course, you want to document this on film in some way, them examining and just looking at the teeth, whatever. Go, this is 100% real. Yeah. But what I'm saying, I, you know, I'm not expecting a body to come forward. What I'm what I'm expecting in this this sort of this this hypothetical that we were discussing is, OK, yeah. we we find the genetic sequencing. Well, right. you know, the, the interesting thing about that is, is that, uh, you know, folks are real excited about. Um, for example, eDNA technologies, environmental DNA. Um, and I know there are a number of folks who think, oh, you know, and it, it, I get it. I mean, any new technology, people think, wow, this is going to revolutionize everything. Right. And eventually it probably will. Um, well, it's important now, but yeah, not not in the Sasquatch world. It's not important. Right. At all. Well, and but yeah. but, you know, but if we isolated uh, what appeared to be a you know, specific DNA sequences of 
an unknown species. Okay. Now that completely changes the way that eDNA studies can be conducted. Um, because right now, when you're when you're looking for Sasquatch mm -hmm. in eDNA, you can't just look for Sasquatch. You have to look at everything in that sample and and figure out this is that and this is that species and that's that and that's that and then you end up you know with oh yeah and we're, we're, now we're the only primate we're the only primate in north america therefore any kind of primate is immediately ruled out as human well you know a, yeah. potentially i mean again no, uh, i'm saying like now so yeah only, now yeah, right yeah. now yeah Right now, yeah, you, people aren't necessarily looking that hard at primate DNA yeah. when they're targeting another species. And a lot of times with the DNA studies now, um, they're not looking at other species, period, in that sample. Um, because what they do is they actually have primers for a target species. So um, mm -hmm. a primer basically is a, it's a chemical process that you use to amplify or to bring out the the small the small or large or whatever but usually small part of that eDNA sample that has the species that you're looking for and the reason you can do that is because you know you know the genetic sequences that distinguish that species that you're looking for when you're looking for sasquatch in eDNA right now you don't know what you're looking for so you don't know how to pull that out so think, I, I, I like to talk about it like this. Imagine that you have uh, a needle in this humongous haystack. And this is essentially what you have when you have an eDNA sample. You have this big haystack. You're looking for the needle. Um, right now, if that needle is Sasquatch DNA, it's somewhere in that. And the only way you have to do it is to tear apart that entire haystack and you know and try to find yeah. it <laughs> okay yeah what, you know if we had a sequence that we we were we that matched up with a, with an unknown species uh, we could put we could uh say create a primer that would pull out that unique sequence so it's like it's like instead of you know it's like taking a giant magnet now and you know, highly powerful magnet over that haystack and suddenly the needle goes and jumps onto the magnet. You go, aha, it's there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, so, uh, you know so, what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. so instead of having to, you know, to, to basically, uh, you know, work manually through these huge eDNA samples, hoping to find something that's unknown that maybe relates to what you're looking for or what have you, um, now, you know, in that scenario, um, you know, eDNA studies could be targeted for that. Uh, it would suddenly come a lot easier to find, uh, where that species has been. Um, and, you know, imagine you could go out and collect a, you know, a grid of water samples across a suspected habitat and, and do a quick analysis on them and be able to say, okay, these three watering holes up here, you know, we get hits in the last two weeks and we don't get them. You know, you know exactly where to get next. 
you know, now you can start to catch up with uh, a living, breathing uh, example. Mm -hmm. Uh, So again, you, you you know, uh, a, a dead body may never be needed. Mm. Interesting. And of course, we here on Squatch Talk do not advocate for trying to kill Sasquatch. Yeah. That's why <laughs> well, we I, I don't either. <laughs> yes. That's why I, I always use the example. <laughs> I, I always use the example of grandma running over one. That's yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of the standard for how the Sasquatch got killed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you talk about acting ethically. I mean, it'd be absolutely irresponsible. Uh, to kill something that you don't know what it is, it'd be absolutely irresponsible to to kill something that even might could possibly, you know, even if you think it's a one in a million chance that it might be human, uh, could be human. Uh, how horrible would that be? Um, That'd be so, very tragic. Uh, you know, so I hope that, you know, I hope that, you know, I think any of us who ever, you know, <laughs> learned to shoot when we were young, we're told, you know, you don't shoot at something, you don't know what it is. Uh, you know, unless I guess, unless it's attacking you, maybe. <laughs> um, but that's Earth. that's that. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so, yeah, but, you know, like I say, we don't need to. I mean, that the, the whole idea, um, that whole idea is 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 outdated. Um, and I, I agree. You know, I mean, and and the funny thing is, is that. For whatever it's worth, the the vast majority of anecdotal accounts, and it's not just a handful, of people who had a gun in their hand when they like saw, you know, one of these things standing standing in front of them. Uh, it's pretty much a hundred percent. Each and every one of them say it 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 wouldn't have done any good, <laughs> like. They they just felt the firepower they had in their hand, no matter what it was, thirty out six, or two two three, or whatever the hell it was, is like that's not enough. Like it's gonna get me, it you know it before it bleeds out, kind of thing, you know, and uh, and that's uh, that's always struck me as a really interesting kind of reaction when people who are armed give that uh, anecdotal account of it's not enough. I'm like, well, how, I mean, what is it? 50 feet tall? Like I, I, I can't wrap my head around that. I'm like pretty sure I could take down an elephant with 30 rounds of two, two, three. Like I could do that. Like, you know, shoot it in the head 30 times. Uh, but people just, they say that over and over again. Um, like no way. I'm just not, not going to shoot it. Yeah, I've also, um, I've heard uh, at least two uh, distinct uh, accounts firsthand uh, from folks who report um, having been armed and and uh, feeling uh, that what they saw was, looked too much like a person for them. That to too. That they, it looked too human. Yeah, hooded um, nose and yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, again, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't blame anybody for not shooting something that you don't know what it is I agree. <laughs> and you don't do know yeah. <laughs> what the consequences of that might be, um, both yeah. to the, both to 
the other and to yourself. Um, so, I mean, yeah, but like I say, that, that's not, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's not the, that's not the world we, we live in right now. We don't, we don't need that to, um, sure. uh, we don't need that, uh, to investigate. I agree. Have, have you, have you thought about, uh, different new ways of observing them? So, so getting away from the uh, genetics part into like actual observations. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, well, know. in fact, I, I, talk, I mentioned this, the citizen science project that I'm just in the beginning stages of conceiving of, and that's a good example of that, but that, that's probably a conversation for another time, Pat. Um, okay. I know, sure. I know we're getting on to the end of the show here. Yeah, we uh, are. So I, yeah, I, to, I told you, I, I said, but, hey, man, it, it, the discussion <laughs> just goes where it goes, man. But um, um, I, I do want to say, for those who are interested, um, I, I do want to uh, let folks know, I know you've shared um, my... Mm -hmm. Uh, informational website, my, my, my personal informational website, which points to the university. Um, I, you know, my contact information is there. Um, certainly folks are more than welcome to reach out to me. I, I, I can't, you know, depending on how many people that is, I can't necessarily guarantee a personal reply to everyone, but um, right. I am going to be developed. I am going to be sending out um, some emails and things like that along the way as we, once we get going. And so if you want to be, you want to know what, you know, follow what's going on, you know, certainly follow my webpage or absolutely feel free uh, to and, reach out. And there's, and there's, there's a, there is a donate page. There is a donate page yeah. that again is not to me. It is to NC state university right. uh, for, I have a, uh, I have a small, um, research teaching and engagement program there that's called science society and the strange um as i said i look uh, i look into um all sorts of of kind of strange and anomalous things this is the big project though right now and this is what i'm really <laughs> interested in uh it, it would be very nice if, if folks do want to contribute financially uh even if it's just a little bit that would mm -hmm. be wonderful um, it is, we are a nonprofit, uh, so it is a, it is a tax deductible donation to the university. Um, we also have, uh, you'll, you'll find if you click that donate button there, there are a lot of companies across, across the country, uh, who will actually match your donation to NC State University. So if you're able to give, $50, your company, if you work for some of these companies, will kick in another $50, which is great. Um, I, uh, uh, you know, I, again, we're, we're, we're doing this project. Um, the, the, the wonderful thing that the uh, donations would bring is, is our ability to, to, uh, to, to keep it going. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I, there was a, um, uh, there was another uh, project that um, uh, several years ago, I'm not going to talk about, but that had a, a, a private donor that, that gave half a million dollars uh, to a potential um, genetic analysis. And I thought, you know, gee, if, if, if somebody were to give us a half a million dollars, uh, I could put that in an endowment, it would pay an income, and I would have a, a permanent 
<laughs> a permanent program to right. um, to evaluate yeah. evidence. Yeah, funding is um, a big issue right now. Um, it's you know, and you know, but we're we're proceeding with the with sure. uh, with this project. Um, uh, so we're we're going to do it, but uh, you know, donations would certainly help us do more. Sure, um, and, uh, and, that would and be very and, nice. And and that's that's totally understandable, which was why I was I was completely comfortable uh, promoting that part, you know, of what's going on, um, because because and like you said, it's uh, it's a it's to the university. Um, it's not uh, Darby's not driving Lambos. It's not my slush fund. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I went ahead and linked it in chat. Um, I, right, you know, thank you. And I'll, of course, I'll I'll promote it more. I'll I'll put it in the, you know, it'll be in the description. Uh, I think I left it the donation part out of the description. Uh, but but I'll I'll add it to it and um, yeah, and of course, the biggest way that folks can help too is if you have. <laughs> Really, uh, you know, uh, potentially credible uh, physical samples. Um, that would be amazing because, you know, particularly again, the the larger, the fresher. <laughs> you know, that would be great. Uh, but uh, you know, that's that's be careful. You might start point. getting poop. Yeah, don't just send it to me. There's a form, and we'll, you know, so you're, don't you're gonna you, you're gonna get bigfoot um, poop. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Jeff's told me the story of getting a box. Uh, yeah, exactly, food that's food where I'm no return from, yeah. address yeah. and just dripping in the mail. And <laughs> <it's Yeah>. not... <laughs> don't right. send things to me. Send me information about what you have at this point. Exactly. Uh, there'll be that intake form, and then for those, you know, when we're ready, uh, when and if we're ready to take your sample, we'll we'll be in touch with 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 how to actually send it. Yeah, um, and uh, the best, uh, I th I think I put it in the description, but uh, it is your your website. It's probably the best way to get a hold of you. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the best and, way. And, and it is through your uh, edu um, email. Yes, it's my my yeah. university email is on there, and and yeah, all of that, uh, all that contact information. Uh, yeah, so. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, anyway, this has been a blast. I appreciate you having me on tonight. I hope that uh, it's been of interest to you and, and to your viewers. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and uh, you know, I I hope that I hope that your audience is just as curious as I am what we might find. <laughs> well, let's hey, let's get to finding you and me, Darby. We're uh, we're two peas in a pod. When it comes to that, I I have my own my own place in that world. You have your place in that world, and uh, and again, that's 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 why I'm trying to build bridges. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. And not, you know, not be, uh, you know, people want to poo poo on the scientific community, or uh, you know, science thinks they have it all figured out. And yeah, there's some arrogant people out there. Look, like you don't even know in the scientific world, and, and when they're talking about like big things or small things, they disagree with each other all the time. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's what mean, scientific journals are for. 
it's like, well, you know, <laughs> you um, know, Pat, and maybe this is a conversation for another day, but I will say that I do, I do think one of the things that I do, like I say, I teach about how science works. Mm. And um, one of the reasons that I, I, I try to get out and really talk with, with, with this community uh, about that is because I see so many misconceptions of how science works. You know, some of them coming from mm -hmm. media representations of science. You know, sci oh gosh, how many science institutions are the villain in the movies, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and, and the reality is, is that, you know, a lot of what you hear and a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the what I would call the capital S skepticism, the sort of like, no, there's yeah, no can, way yeah. this can be true. Right. Um, yeah. By and large, that's not coming from scientists. Um, that's coming from people who are, you know, see themselves as, you know, champions of science, but are by and large themselves not scientists. Um, uh, sure. The scientists that I know are um, many of them very curious. Um, they are not convinced uh, that there is a Sasquatch species out there, but they're very curious and they don't rule it out. Um, and, you know, I think that that's the, that's the attitude that most true scientists have is one where they are, they're curious. They don't, you know, they, they're skeptical, appropriately skeptical of new ideas, but not dismissive of them. Sure. Uh, uh, skepticism and open-mindedness actually go hand in hand. And in, in my book, you could be open-minded and skeptical all at the same time. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I think lastly, I think the other thing that I always underestimate is the amount of, uh, the amount of, of uh, distrust that's in the community because they see they somehow see science, you know, as, yeah. as connected with the government and whatever uh, conspiracy theories people might have about the government. And Dr. You know, Fauci. The, the reality is, uh, <laughs> the reality is, is that, that there's such a gulf between research scientists and the government, if you will, in so mm. many ways. Um, uh, you know, even, you know, and I've worked, I've worked with colleagues on some, you know, government funded projects and uh, the, <laughs> they operate at such arm's length that I think most people would be really, really um, amazed uh, to see it's essentially, you know, the government might fund something, but they don't, you know, they're not looking for, particular results. They're certainly uh, not privy to the results until after they've been published and made public in nearly all cases. Right. Um, and uh, certainly, you know, if, if there were any uh, academics are pretty, a pretty independent lot. If they, uh, right. <laughs> if they thought that the, the, the government was uh, spying on them or, or, you know, trying to like yep. put its uh, finger on the scale, they'd be uh, up in arms faster than you can imagine. So I, yeah, I agree. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's really interesting. So um, 
yeah, there's not a there's not a vast scientific conspiracy. Um, there are a lot Definitely. of folks who are you know, a lot of folks who are doing uh, you know their own you know uh, and mainly like I say team oriented, really interesting. Sure. Well, I tell you what, Darby, um, I would love to have some conversations with any tentative scientists, you know, that, that, you know, or, you know, an, uh, to have a private conversation with them off air, um, would, would be fascinating to me. Uh, so it wouldn't have to be an on air thing. Um, I mean, I'm willing to sign NDAs. I've, I've signed, <laughs> I've signed dozens of NDAs, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I I would like to explore this further and grow it more, uh, you know, in any way that I can do my part to move the ball down the field is the way I put it. Yeah, well, I, I you know I think you know any you know anything that you can be doing to you know to support professionalism uh, mm -hmm. in the amateur investigator community um, to really you know uh, highlight those who are doing that sort of work and encourage folks to, to model themselves, um, after that. And, uh, um, and yeah, and I, I'm, you know, like I say, I'm more than happy. I mean, that, that was, that was what intrigued me when I first, you know, I came to this, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, I've, I've told this story before, but you know, one of the first people in, uh, in the Sasquatch community that I really clicked with, and unfortunately, it was very, very much towards the end of his life. That was that was Dr. John Bendernagel. Oh, really? Um, really? And wow. he and I, mm. uh, we became very tight in the last mm. year that he was with us. Mm. Um, and we 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 talked on the phone an awful lot. We were we were. Yeah, I wish he was here. One another I wish he could be others. here right now to talk to I, us. Oh my god! I do too, because you know there was uh. this. You know, it was interesting because there was this one time when he said to me, he said, "You know, when you first re reached out to me, I thought, oh, here's here's a guy who's just you know all starry eyed and doesn't realize, you know, how you know how hard it is to get the scientific community to um, to to listen." And when I, you know, basically explain to him sort of my my strategy and how I you know how I've done this successfully with lots of other areas he he said you know I, I'm sorry that I I'm sorry that I underestimated you oh my gosh you know he's like he was so excited I wish he could be here to see I wish this project know. actually happening um, but you know he and I really uh, we appreciated that we sort of came to uh, similar ground from from completely opposite directions. Uh, he came, you know, here he was um, trying to get a hearing for um, for potential evidence uh, of a species um, and finding a very, you know, finding a lot of resistance in his interactions with uh, his peer scientists. And so he got into studying, you know, how does scientific communication work and how does the culture of science work? And, uh, you know, this, this all of these all these themes that he put together in his his second book, uh, the discovery of the Sasquatch. Here I was coming at it from the other direction, where um, I came to considering the Sasquatch uh, question from the standpoint of someone who had been doing 
this work on the culture of science and how science works and and wanting to teach this and 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 came upon uh, you know the, these you know the paranormal and and Sasquatch as um, wonderful case studies to be able to present to my students of why why is this why is this thing something that we study and this other thing something that we don't um, and what's the rationale and what is you know what's going on here and is is that you know a fair you know is that fair um and those are very complex questions but you know the interesting thing was that i came to an interest in sasquatch through the culture of science and john came to a real interest in the culture of science through sas you know potential sasquatch evidence and so here we were meeting, yeah. meeting in the middle and we got along famously he was a wonderful absolutely wonderful man yeah that's that's great thank thanks for telling that story I, I actually didn't know that so we you and i had you and i had never even talked about that that's so that's news to me right here live on air so um great story i wish he was here i wish i could pull up another window and and there he is because that information and and his opinions and 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 all those guys man going back you know to, to you know what they call the uh the four horsemen or whatever you know uh from ben bennett nagel to to green you know to the hendon and uh and everyone i yeah i wish they were all still here to give us advice and knowledge in this new sort of way to do it right you don't, you don't have to write a book. You can talk to people like live on air, you know. Um, but yeah, great, great story, man. And um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll wrap it up. I'll let you go. I've, I've kept you for uh, two hours now, I guess. Um, but it didn't feel like it, Pat. <laughs> well, I like I said, I said, hey, it just kind of happens, man. Um, and I'm glad it didn't feel like it. Um uh, so yeah, we'll I'll let you go, man. Um, just to wrap it up. Thanks for being here. Um, I do want to continue the discussion with you, like like you said, but for another time about observation. I think that's a very important discussion to have. Um, and I, you know, again, um, as far as any scientists go that are a little tentative to you know to be involved in the Bigfoot world, this is a safe place to do it on air or off air um well the way to bring them in is is again is going to be with 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 really finding something that they can they can apply their expertise to um, yes and that's i agree that's that's going to be key um, yep and i want to build those bridges so for me right now all i could do on youtube is is build those bridges with a uh you know a, a discourse basically you know, through discourse. Uh, that's that's all I can do right now is offer discourse. So, um, the yeah, I got other things coming, but right now it's just discourse. And uh, but thanks for being here, Darby. I, I appreciate it. Great discussion. Um, love to have you on again. Uh, you're a welcome uh, uh, person to squatch talk any anytime you want to be here, brother. So. Thank you so much. Have a good night. All right, man. We'll see you.
And thanks everybody for watching. Appreciate each and every one of you for being here. And uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and close it out. Thanks for being here, guys. Gals. See ya.